What's up, everybody? Thanks for being with us. We have got the NFL Sunday show, of course, brought to you by our friends at Yahoo. And for whatever reason, as Adam Kaufman here with you, I know for whatever reason that I'm here with you on a Friday. But uh, on top of that, our pal Eric, he just, he, he, he can't, it's the never ending honeymoon, I guess. I mean, he gets married and now he's, who knows how long this guy is going to be off just, you know, I don't know, try, trying to figure out what he's done with his life, really. In the, in the meantime, it's it's up to us to dissect it all. And so Terry McBride is here with me, along with all of you out there in the chat watching along. Good to see you. What's up, man? Ah, same old, man. Busy day, jumping around sport to sport. My second football show of the day after not really doing a lot of football shows throughout the year. So it's fun just, uh, you know, not a lot of reps under my belt outside of showdown stuff, but uh, fun jumping in and, uh, and covering for our pal. And uh, yeah, hopefully he's just not in that like, oh, I've made a huge mistake kind of a phase. And, uh, you know, he's just out enjoying himself. So uh, yeah, but he'll get back in here soon, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, happy to jump in and, uh, and fill the void. So it should be fun to uh, break down this slate with you. Yeah, well, one thing we know is that somewhere, wherever it is that he is, he's inevitably, you know, betting and playing DFS and making sure okay. to get his lineups in. So maybe if he's out there watching Eric, shoot us a text, let us know, and uh, it will, uh, you know, we'll help you set your lineups. But if anybody has any questions, don't hesitate, obviously, uh, whether you're watching along on YouTube, on Twitter, wherever you're finding us, we appreciate it. Like Terry said, we'll just be uh, dissecting all that lies in front of us about, uh what is it about 46 hours from now uh once things get going on a sunday afternoon with the main slate fresh off of course the patriots fifth straight win shellacking a terrible terrible falcons team in atlanta 25 nothing on thursday night so that's in the uh immediate rear view for us we look ahead to uh what is coming up we will not be talking about the Rams and the Broncos, they are the only two teams that have buys, and we probably won't be spending any attention on the teams that will be in prime time. So uh, for anyone that does not know, if they're not your favorite teams, Steelers, Chargers, Giants, and Buccaneers, those clubs not part of the focus today. It's all about the main slate. But before we do get into that, Terry, just again, that game last night, it was not a good football game. It was incredibly lopsided, not particularly compelling or, or entertaining unless you were out there rostering the Patriots DST racking up point after point after point really it was the Pats DST and and Nick Folk the kicker that's where all the points were last night but in terms of actual football did you have any main takeaways from that thing uh, the biggest takeaway I had that I w- was that I was really happy I didn't watch that ugly, atrocious nonsense game. And uh, instead, I went and saw the new Ghostbusters movie, which was actually oh, kind of enjoyable. Surprised me. And uh, time with Paul Rudd, right? Yeah, why not? The ageless Paul Rudd and uh, maybe uh, perhaps some of our uh, our old friends and our new friends. You never know. So sure. it's, uh, it, was a, it was a really good time. And uh, yeah, I didn't take away a lot from that game. Kind of. I guess I was expecting a little bit more scoring from the Falcons, but uh, you know, kind of went along the lines of the expectation for what the Patriots were going to do in that game. Falcons to me, I mean, Cordarrelle has been the big weapon for them throughout the season. And he's been a lot of fun to see kind of step into his own finally, in terms of all the talent he's always had finally having like a breakout season. Uh, outside of that, they've been kind of atrocious, or maybe I've just got a bad taste in my mouth from stacking the hell out of them the previous weekends. And they kind of let me down in that spot. So yeah, not a big Falcons fan at the moment. Well, how was uh, Afterlife before we move on? Since, uh, like like you said, you know, spending a little bit of time with the sexiest man alive, Paul Rudd. <laughs> I tell you what, I enjoyed it. Ghostbusters, one of my favorite all-time movies, so I have pretty high standards. Uh, I wasn't a, oh, how could you remake Ghostbusters with girls kind of a guy on the previous you know, reboot that <laughs> yep. they did. I heard that was pretty Justin good. I never saw it, but I heard it was good. 
Yeah, I didn't really not so much. I didn't find it that funny. I think I think the women who were in it were very funny and enjoyable and everything, but not great. just didn't come together. Yeah, just didn't yeah. come together. This one it came together for me. I liked it. It had a lot of the old feel. They did a lot with uh, like physical effects instead of digital, so it was huh. it was very much in line with like the old feel, and it was a, a worthy successor to to the mantle. I thought it was uh, it yeah. was entertaining. It was enjoyable. Yeah, you know, it's not the first one, but what is? Ghost, well, yeah, first one's phenomenal, and and uh, Netflix has great movies that made us on the first Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. For anyone like yourself, uh, if you haven't checked it out, make sure you do so. Ghostbusters two gave me horrible nightmares for years when I was a kid. <laughs> Dude talking at me through the painting coming to life. Didn't need any of that. Did not need any of that when I was a child. Very impressionable, and uh, it was not fun. He was just suffering from uh, Carpathian kitten loss, as, uh, as Peter Venkman said. So- <laughs> Let's tell you about our friends at Yahoo. We have partnered, obviously, with Yahoo Fantasy this NFL season to bring you some of the great offers that uh, we have been reciting each and every week, usually multiple times a week. Check out the exclusive limited-time offer. Gets you one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum, folks. To qualify, you need to be new to Yahoo. That is the uh, important detail here. But if you are, you can sign up for an account by the link below, deposit, and play. It's just that simple. Yahoo will send us your name after you play in your first paid contest. We'll reach out via email send you your coupon if you need immediate access that's fine email support at osmo.com we'll get you all set up you can also claim a free ten dollars that can be used to enter any yahoo contest make sure you use the dfs tools that we tell you all the time about projections designed specifically for yahoo sports and uh, get yourself the best shot at winning big so let's get into it my friend and uh quarterbacks obviously the most logical place for us to start because they are always projected to be the highest scorers and uh, one thing that josh allen has uh, all by his lonesome here for this one for the bills against the colts is he is not only the highest projected total in terms of points but also the highest salary he's 41 dollars. he's projected for 25 points both those totals marginally higher than the next best guy on the slate patrick mahomes who has the Cowboys, uh, 24 points, and he is $36. You can save five bucks there for pretty close in terms of the production. Lamar Jackson, he's got Chicago, about 24 points for him as well, and he is uh, just a tick higher. He is $37. So, you know, for you, I mean, do, do you just go right to Josh Allen? He shows up in the optimal lineup, so a lot of people obviously are going to be thinking that's a great idea, and he's going to be very highly owned, probably a quarter or so of lineups. But is that the guy of this top grouping you like best? I mean, he's definitely one of the go-to targets, has been all throughout the season for me. He's just such a a powerful offense to go to. They're typically carrying a high total, typically in at least relatively competitive games. This one, they're seven and a half point favorites, so it's getting out a little bit, but you expect a decent amount of scoring in this game, 50 point total on the board. It's a pace up spot. Yeah, pace up spot. Their average pace is 61.6 in our game script adjusted for this week. They're at a 63.2, so a little bit of a pace up. And they're one of the heavier throwing offenses in the league, 62.7% passing volume expectation in our game script adjusted numbers. So everything can be considered about the game, what we expect from this offense. It makes a lot of sense to include a lot of Josh Allen in your portfolio. Whether he's going to be the most highly owned guy on my uh, on my list at the end of the day, it depends because that is a significant price to pay. The $5 bump over a guy like Pat Mahomes, a significant jump over a guy like Lamar Jackson, it, it does make a difference there. So I like to use the top stacks tool as kind of a tiebreaker for that. And if we look at that, Buffalo comes in second place overall, and they're positively leveraged at a 2.2 on this site. Uh, There are other 
more positively leveraged spots. So that might lead me into some of these other offenses, but regardless, I'm going to have a pretty, pretty big share of Josh Allen lineups, I think, in uh, across 150 on Yahoo. So I just rechecked, and Patrick Mahomes is now the one appearing in the optimal lineup. And again, heavy ownership for him. And, you know, I think the $5 savings, obviously, is an interesting component. It's probably why he shows up, obviously, in as many lineups as he does for the very similar projection point-wise to Josh Allen. But it's not just that. I mean, it's it's sort of you try and remove yourself from the numbers a little bit and just – Again, tell yourself a story. Look at the, you know, take a walk down narrative street. Look at just the game itself. You know, obviously last week people looked at KC, they looked at Mahomes, said, all right, finally, like the the Chiefs are back. We've been waiting for you all year. Thank you for the coming out party, Patrick Mahomes. But now he's got a Cowboys team that is uh, a, a top Super Bowl contender. The way Dallas has been going this year, you know, check any odds book. Cowboys are going to be right there near the very top. And they are to be taken very seriously. They're coming off this. 40-point win over, again, it's a bad Falcons team, but you win by 40, you win by 40. This is a team that sets up to be a, or a game rather, it sets up to be a shootout. So just that in mind, you know, let's say the Bills end up blowing out the Colts or just, you know, it, it gets out of hand anyway come the late third, fourth quarter. All of a sudden, Josh Allen, you know, is handing off. They're running the ball. like This could be pass, pass, pass to the very end between Mahomes and Dak. So does that just looking at, again, the matchup, does that make this more appealing for Mahomes for you? Yeah, a little bit, right? You get them at a lower price. The five bucks in savings is definitely significant when they're, especially when just in the median projection, they're less than a point apart. It definitely makes sense to look at them. I love the appeal of the 56 point game total and the fact that it's a close spread. So we're expecting a really competitive game to your point. Yes, there's a narrative where either one of these teams could pull ahead by 21 points and they're also handing off. But in the more likely scenario, we're going to see this thing shoot out. So I like the healthy total. I like the close point spread. And I like the fact that it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I know people were wondering what might be wrong with him throughout the season. The guy's still leading the league with 25 touchdown passes on the season, still averaging 7.1 yards per passing attempt. There's nothing wrong with Patrick Mahomes. A little bit of happenstance mixed in there. In a shootout narrative, in a, in a spot with a ton of weapons on the table on both sides of the game, I expect this one's going to uh, definitely meet our expectations in terms of what's going to happen on the field. And that, that leads Casey up to the top of the stacks board on the Yahoo stacks. They're slightly negative leveraged homes coming in around 20% ownership. If I ran an unencumbered crunch, I've got a crunch running in the background for a thousand lineups. Mm. I ran one before and he came up, uh, Pat Mahomes came up in 80 some odd percent of the, mm. of the lineups. I increased the randomness and I capped QBs at 20% so that I would get it around where the public's got him. And that's got it. He hit that 20% cap and then it distributed some of the other ownership shares around. So just looking at where he comes in, he's coming up about twice as much as where Josh Allen is if I put that 20% cap on there. So I think that's an interesting, uh, you know, just comparison point that he comes up that much more frequently. And I think it is very much to do with that $5 savings. I think that buys us a lot. And that's, of course, running with rules uh, for, you know, stacking and for bringing back uh, runbacks. So it's not walking down the line of like the purely optimal lineups in terms of uh, what Fantasy Cruncher would spit out with no adjustments, mm -hmm. but along the lines of lineups that we might build, he's coming up pretty frequently, uh, pretty uh, significantly more frequently than uh, where we're getting Josh Allen right now. Taking a little look here in the chat. Uh, we got plenty of our friends watching along. We appreciate you for being here with us. I see the birthday wishes again uh, for, for Terry, who's, you know, it, it may be new to this, at least in terms of the two of us working together. Not actually my birthday, just, you know, it's a, a shtick that tends to happen from time to time. Steven says, I was counting on Adam gloating on the Pats. 
Uh, you know, I, I actually thought for for five straight wins and a dominant defensive performance, and Mac Jones continuing to look like the real deal, I was uh, I, I was pretty contained. I think I, yeah, I, I thought I that was pretty that good was, job that was like yeah, nice and reserved, and uh, yeah. yeah, not out here beating your chest about how he's the best rookie quarterback in this class, and you know, kind of snuck past everybody or anything. So no, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no I'm, on, I'm on my best behavior today. Uh, appreciate everyone for being here with us, though. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, you just want to go after us, whatever the case, we're open-minded. Keep it clean. We'll read it. You know, if it's funny, we'll definitely read it. So, uh, you know, and, and hit the like, hit the subscribe button, all that good stuff here with the Osmo YouTube page as well. We always appreciate that naturally. Uh, so staying with the quarterbacks, looking at value here, and I kind of want to throw up in my mouth just a little bit when I look at the value, because I, I get it like numbers are numbers, projections are projections. Sometimes you have to be a, a you know, a slave to the stats, but at the same time, the top value option at quarterback at about nine X value and uh, projected for 17 points. He's got Miami on the other side. It's Joe Flacco of the jets. Now I think we are no, 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 no. Let me rephrase. I know we are long past the days of his Joe Flacco elite and all that. This is a, this is a guy who's just, you know, he's 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 a backup, generally speaking, for a reason. They are going to him out of desperation. Zach Wilson clearly is is not ready to be the guy. You know, they want him to to watch a little bit at this stage, all the mistakes early in the year and then the injuries as well. And Mike White, obviously, they're out on that experiment. And we know that the Jets aren't aren't going anywhere in terms of a playoff push. So why they are even going to Joe Flacco in the first place, uh, I, I don't know. But that is the decision. Joe Flacco is the number one this weekend under center for New York. After him, you got Justin Fields, similar point uh, projection, similar value return as well, similar pricing, $20 versus 21 and then uh, the other side of that Jets game, you got Tua Tungo-Vailoa for Miami. So another guy who's kind of been in and out of the lineup this year. What are your expectations in terms of the value, guys? Do you like any of them? So in terms of what's coming up in the crunch, Tua is definitely the guy. Um, he's coming up a pretty significant amount of the time at what is a relatively low price on Yahoo, $25 on Yahoo. Uh, one of the higher game script adjusted passing percentages on the board at 62.6%. That rivals what we're seeing for Buffalo. Buffalo's at 62.7. They're going to be throwing the ball. It is not by any means to say that Tua Tagovailoa, which is difficult to say, uh, is Josh Allen. That is not where we're going with this. But over the course of the season, 65.3% passing uh, completion percentage, seven yards per passing attempt. There's not much on the bone, seven touchdowns on the year. But in terms of value, in terms of where we expect him, where we've got him projected, he's projected for almost the same median game as Dak Prescott in that ridiculous, highly totaled uh, Dallas-Kansas City game. So if we're getting that at a $12 salary discount, that's something we have to pay attention to. He's projected slightly higher than Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers. So for less money, it makes some sense to go here. He's only getting 3.6% ownership, which is either in line or below most of those other players that we just read. Definitely below the guys at the top of the board. For me, that's the go-to on the value plays. He's also got a great matchup going up against the lowly Jets. The reason Joe Flacco is playing is because I'm busy on Sunday. Giant Stadium is like <laughs> 15 minutes that way. And trust me, I can throw a ball better than Joe Flacco at this point. Probably a little uh, exaggeration on my part, but not by much. I mean, Flacco. Get you out there to try and prove it one way or the other. We're going to have to take your word for it. Exactly. Yeah. You guys don't know what my arm strength looks like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Flacco, I get it with the value with the 20 bucks, right? It, it makes some sense. 
I'll get him in some lineups, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Like you said, it's a hold your nose kind of a play. They were talking about it on the uh, contrarian show this morning for, uh, for some of the other sites and our special guest who did an awesome job, uh, but his name uh, escapes me at the moment uh, mentioned, you know, all you really need is like a touchdown and some, a little bit of yardage out of them at these mm. prices. And you've got a nice leg up on the field for everything else that he buys you. I agree with that in principle. I don't know that we're getting that touchdown. I don't know that we're getting those yards enough that I'm really going to buy in here. So I'll have a few shares just to be there, but it's not going to be a significant part of it. I like maybe a little bit more just going to the athleticism of a Justin Fields, but I don't really love that one either. A dollar more expensive, similar kind of a projection and hasn't really shown us a ton. 5.5 yards per rushing attempt is nice from a quarterback, 288 yards and two TDs. Overall, in terms of the uh, the passing game, though, 59.4% completion percentage on the season, 6.9 yards per passing attempt. He's got to become a better quarterback before I'm going to really believe it. So not really for those guys on the value. The value for me is going to be Tua right now. Steven says, Flacco can throw, just not to any receivers on the field. You know, we're all <laughs> sitting here making fun of him. Just you wait. Like Elijah Moore is going to have two touchdowns. Crowder's going to find his way in for one. Carter's going to go quiet. So they're going to forget the run game It's going to be all about the passing and Joe Flacco is going to have 25 points and and he'll have the last laugh. Greg in the chat, Terry's got a rocket for an arm. I I bet you can throw the ball over them. Their mountains. You and uncle Rico, man. Cannon, man, I got a cannon and trust me, the video would look just about as good as uncle Rico's video. If I actually went in the backyard and made it right now. I tell you, for anyone that like people need to just Google, you don't even need to go back and, and rewatch all of Napoleon Dynamite. Just Google that scene to look at what ha- I mean, you have to assume that like the casting sheet said, find the guy with the most unnatural throwing motion that exists <laughs> in the world. I mean, it looked like straight up painful falling over in the process of, throw, you know, attempting Double to just uh, that football. <laughs> yeah. My God. All right, let's go to the running backs here. And we're with you until uh, just before four o'clock Eastern time. So Christian McCaffrey is at the top of the heap projected for uh, 18 points and change. Just good to see him healthy and out there again. I know a lot of people who play Yahoo season long feel that way. Uh, He is $40 though. He's not cheap, but you get a significant discount when you go a little bit lower here. Uh, Austin Eckler, of course, is part of the primetime Sunday night. So we won't be talking about him, but I just mentioned him because he is second in terms of the running back projections. So uh, when it comes to playing that single game contest, you may want to get him in there against Pittsburgh. And then back to the main slate, Nick Chubb also projected for about 18 points to get the Lions on the other side. He is $32. And then an interesting one, Alvin Kamara split the difference. He's 35 bucks, 17 projected points has the Eagles Therefore, New Orleans. So those are your top options. Then you got Dalvin Cook, who's going to be very popular just outside of that top three for the main slate. But he's also about 17 points, $27 against Green Bay. Part of the reason that he is going to be so popular is, again, the pricing. You got McCaffrey at 40 compared to Cook's 27. And the other two guys that I mentioned, Chubb and Kamara, in between, of course, Nick Chubb healthy and back out there in the field. So that'll be nice to see. But uh, again, that's your top grouping. So who stands out to you? Yeah, so running through the crunch, it looks like, and I didn't do anything to cap the running back position. I only capped the quarterbacks and figured that that would handle it uh, in terms of a lot of the stacks based on the rules. We're getting a massive share of one of the value running backs, and then uh, we get a like mid-range guy, and then it's into these star players, and it's Chubb, Kamara, and Cook. 
And it's entirely driven by that $40 price tag on Christian McCaffrey, the difference between where he's coming in, which is another six or seven guys down the board from the Chubb, Kamara, and Cook group. You've got Kamara carrying a Q tag still, but he did practice, I believe. So 35 bucks for his talent. Love it. You know, that's that's perfectly fine compared to uh, where McCaffrey's at compared to where Chubb is at. I just question, you know, the injury bringing him back from that over the course of the season, 3.6 yards per rushing attempt, 530 yards and three TDs. Also certainly see some involvement in the passing game, five and a half uh, targets per game uh, over the course of his season so far. So definitely a dynamic skill player. We all know who Alvin Kamara is. I don't really have to sell him to anybody if we're assuming full health. Right now, he's only carrying a 1% ownership share. That presumably is going to go up when we get the announcement about him uh, being at full health and actually starting this game. But I feel like it's one where he'll probably go under what he quote unquote, should be owned on this slate, assuming that is the situation. So I would maybe vault him up a little bit and eat the extra extra few dollars to get a few additional shares of him over a guy like Cook, over a guy like Chubb, just because those guys are owned around a quarter of the time in public lineups. So both of those guys, terrific plays, very nice for the money, particularly Cook. 27 bucks for Cook is, is probably too cheap. Uh, so definitely like going there. 4.7 yards per rushing attempt on the season, 648 and three TDs. A uh, little bit of involvement for him in the passing game as well. Five targets last week, averaging four per game. So you can definitely stack him into uh, your Minnesota stacks. That's a game that on um, the stack show we took a look at. We both expected, uh, Gunn and I expected that one to maybe have a little bit of uh, underrated action on it. Uh, 47 point total and a one point point spread. So hopefully a highly competitive game with a lot of weapons in it. So I'd be going to Cook, I'd be going to Chubb, and I'd be going to Kamara here. But I think the story at the running back spot is probably a little bit more about the value plays. Well, and I, uh, I certainly know who you're talking about, and I imagine the people out there watching, if they've been paying attention, do as well. In fact, we just got news a little while ago that uh, is you know, directly related to where we're going now, which is that uh, Aaron Jones ruled out this weekend. That means A.J. Dillon is in a huge, huge spot for the Packers going up in that uh, the other side of that game, obviously, against uh, Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. He is projected for 16 points right now. We'll see if that climbs at all. And he's just $20. So he's half the price of uh, Christian McCaffrey at the top of the slate, obviously, for a very similar projected total. So, uh, I mean, some other value right now. We'll see if it changes. You got Alex Collins right there. Uh, Daryl Williams as well for Kansas City. I did mention Michael Carter before. He's in the mix. Miles Gaskin as well. But it's all about A.J. Dillon, and that is certainly the uh, the massive roster ship share that you were alluding to before. Oh, yeah, absolutely it was. Uh, in the unencumbered running back situation here, he came up uh, 84.4%, 844 <laughs> of 1,000 lineups. And that's with uh, you know a decent amount of randomness on top there. It's just that he's that valuable at $20. And he's been he's valuable across the industry, right? He's getting talked up on every site for good reason. Uh, he's getting about 40% ownership in our latest projection. I expect that'll go up. It'll probably be in the uh, you know 45 to 50% range come slate time. And it makes sense. He's in an offense that is projected for a 58.7% passing share in this one, but I don't think it matters at that price. For one, he's involved in the passing game uh, at least a little bit, two targets last week averaging 1.8. So maybe a little bit less than I thought, but uh, I, I expect he's going to be on the field for enough snaps that'll make up for it anyway. So 23 overall touches last week, um, definitely just going to be doing 
plenty on the field. So I like that spot quite a bit. I think it makes sense to, even if the field is going to be approaching 50% ownership, it's just such a strong value that it makes sense to plug and play him and take your differentiation points elsewhere. Um, so he's going to be in a massive share. Maybe it doesn't get up to quite 84% for me. Maybe it does. Maybe it becomes a lock play. Uh, you mentioned Michael Carter. I also like him. He came up as the second most popular running back. He was the guy that I said is, you know, maybe a little bit more mid-rangey, but the $17 price tag puts him below in terms of the cost but I think the expectation for uh, for production definitely drops him more into that mid-range. So I would take uh, fewer shares of Carter probably than came up in the actual crunch here. It's another one where lousy offense, lousy, probably all apologies to Mr. Flacco. He can prove me wrong on Sunday, but lousy quarterback, lousy offense, lousy situation. I don't know how much I really expect him to produce, but he is a running back who's been heavily targeted in the passing game. Uh, averages five targets a game, saw six last week, had I think 11 the week before that. So definitely a guy they can focus on and, you know, just kind of wheel the ball around to 6.8 yards per rushing attempt or yards per target in the passing game. Um, 3.6 yards per uh, rushing attempt on the season. So there's a little bit of meat on the bone. And if they just force feed him the ball in a bad situation, he could certainly rack up the points for a $17 salary. We've Alex Collins projected our uh, own Alex Baker, Osmo himself, projecting him for about a dozen points, pretty close to it here on Yahoo. And it was awfully similar to that last week, and, and he wound up with about half of it. Are you a believer in Collins? Not really. It's maybe it's just been because he's burned me a few times yeah. and because he's not popping up. Uh, oh, there he is. He's sneaking, uh, sneaking down the board a ways there. So you might have a, uh, an update that I didn't catch uh, on the, uh, on the board here so far, but uh, you know, just, I feel like every time I roster this guy, he hasn't come through for me. So maybe it's a little bit of a personal thing there. 4.1 yards per rushing attempt, 345 and two TDs on the season not really involved in the passing game. So one target last week averages one a game. So it's not a great spot in my mind. I do like that game, but I think I'm more inclined to get to some of the passing uh, side of that game. And then some James Conner on the other side of that game. Ladies, gentlemen, before we move along with wide receivers, tight ends and DSTs, of course, optimal lineup uh, construction, all that stuff a little bit later on until, as well. I want to tell you our Osmo NFL express weekly pass. It's not, it's, it's, it's so cheap. I mean, why wouldn't you do it? It's $3.95 a week. That's it. You can play a head-to-head with a buddy and win that back easily, pays for your entire week, and then you make some lineups, list them into those bigger con- contests, and uh, and see how you do if you can chase after, you know, hundreds, thousands, even a million dollars, depending on what you're looking at here. But uh, it's the best way to introduce yourself, obviously, to Osmo Plus NFL. You got access to all the projections that we're talking about and all the different tools that Terry has been discussing as well in terms of uh, fantasy cruncher and, and coming up with optimal lineups and putting in your your different variances and, and limitations whatever else you want to include it's all available at uh you know your fingertips all you got to do is pay the 395 a week it's just that easy new to the package uh, this year as well season-long fantasy football coverage includes the strength of schedule tool trade value tool fantasy streaming helper all that good stuff that uh, i should be using more of honestly because my season-long teams on Yahoo are, are floundering this year. Very middle of the pack, very <laughs> mediocre, and I need to turn things around because injuries have not been good to me, COVID, whatever else. Uh, also included this year, a little bit new, is uh, ownership, optimal line of probabilities for tiers contests, if those are something that interests you on DraftKings. Now's the time. Try out Osmo Plus NFL Weekly Express. It's just $3.95 per week. That is it. Stop guessing, start winning, and join 
Awesome O Plus today. We encourage that you do so. Obviously, a lot of great tools. All right, let's go to the wide receiver. is a killer entry point, too. For people who aren't looking to, like, break the bank out there, you get access to all the ranked projections, all the ownership rankings and everything. And then once you're comfy with that, you make the leap up to the standard plan where you're getting access to all the tools, the content, the top stacks, all those things. It's a great way to learn the site, get a good feel for it, and then make the leap up once you start printing money. So love it. Beat up on your friends. Like, how would you get so good at this? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Nothing like surprising your friends with a great uh, killer lineup and winning everybody's money that week. Yeah, it's a lot of of research. Other people's research that uh, (laughs) that I put into motion. Wide receivers, Devontae Adams with uh, Aaron Jones out, of course, as we know Aaron Rodgers is playing. uh, Projected for about 18 points at Minnesota or against Minnesota. He's $35. So uh, he is the most expensive in terms of the wideouts here. You got Debo Samuel, guy. It feels like we talk about every single week, sometimes in the value, sometimes among the top options. He is among those top options this week, projected for about 17 points against the Jaguars, $29. So you can save six bucks off of Adams. And then I think the guy who honestly to me is, is well, at least more interesting than Samuel. You can debate whether you think he's a better play than Adams. But Tyree Kill coming in at also about 17 projected points. He's $34. So Yes, he is more expensive, obviously, than Samuel. He is almost as expensive as uh, Adams at the top. But again, it goes back to what we were talking about with Mahomes earlier and just the type of game that I think we're going to get between the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Uh, I think he stands out as a really good play. But among this top trio, and you can look at Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, some of the guys that are near the top as well. Who do you like best from the, uh, the top of the mountain here? I tell you what, going by the results in Fantasy Cruncher, it's a little bit different of uh, from what I probably would have just come off with the top of my head, uh, looking at the pricing, looking at the projections. Mm-hmm. So across those thousand lineups without making any adjustments, Debo's right there. Debo's in the number two spot, landing in 57% of those lineups. So we're getting an aggressive, aggressive share of Debo. And it makes sense based on the projection, based on the price that he'd be coming up a decent amount bit of a discount from the other highly ranked uh, receivers. The guy who surprised me leaping to the top is A.J. Brown, 61% A.J. Brown. Then we get some T. Higgins, some Jalen Waddle in here, uh, some Cooks and some Landry before we get down to Tyree Kill as well. Hill would have been my answer, followed by Adams. I just think that uh, I would give um, kind of based on the dollar savings and based on the additional points in the uh, in the game for KC, I would have nudged Hill probably a little bit ahead, ahead of Adams. I consider them like 1-1-A options in terms of talent, in terms of overall just ceiling upside. Uh, both of them, uh, 10.9 targets per game for Adams, 11.1 for Hill. They're the same guy in terms of that. Uh, 8.82 yards per target for Adams, 7.7 for Hill, uh, three TDs for Adams and eight TDs for Hill on the season. So some differences in terms of what they've um, – what they've turned, what they've turned in, what they've converted, but the looks are are very similar. The volume is going to be similar. They're both in fairly highly totaled, fairly competitive games with a one point uh, spread in the uh, Green Bay Minnesota game and a two and a half point spread in Dallas that we we talked about that we like so much. Either one of those guys, they're superstar plays. They're easy to click on. They're guys that you can build the rest of your lineup thinking, I want to leave some money. I want to leave some money. And then when you get there, if you've got 34, put in Tyree Kill. If you've got 35, you can make the decision between the two. If you left yourself only 28 or 29, you've got some killer options in Debo Samuel, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown for 23. And that's why AJ vaulted to the top was that he costs 23 in comparison with these other guys who very much are his peers in terms of talent, in terms of production in general. So I think the discount on AJ is definitely what inflated him there, but I love the top options on the receiver board. I'll have tons of all these guys. 
I mentioned earlier, if anybody has any questions, thoughts, whatever it may be, get them in on the chat. We'll be sure to answer them before we get out of here in a little less than a half hour, 20, 25 minutes, whatever it is. Value here. Uh, you got some interesting plays. Tyler Boyd, who is projected for only about 10 points, but he's the flat minimum $10 here on Yahoo with Vegas on the other side. Jarvis Landry for the Browns, about a dozen projected points for him. He's $13. Uh, our friend Ty, thank you, Hilton, T.Y. Hilton, about eight projected points. He's also 10 bucks. So that's your top value right now, uh, obviously subject to change. And as we said, in the next, you know, almost two full days before lineups lock for the first part of that main slate, we got a ways to go. But uh, T. Higgins, Hunter Renfro, he's in the mix. Marvin Jones Jr., who has completely fallen off the map and burns me week after week and season long now after he got off to such a hot, hot start to the season. I have him on all of my teams, and and I just, uh, you know, I, I I can't quit him. I, I need to find out how, but I can't so far. Who do you like in terms of the value? You gotta love those plays in season long where you get to the end of the year and you're like, how the hell did this guy end up on? Oh, right, he had a good week too, so I picked him yeah. up. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, value plays. There's a lot to work with on the board. I mean, you you, you slung through several of them there. I mentioned uh, in the mid range of value at 16 bucks, Jalen Waddle was coming up a decent amount. Cooks even at 18, I think, for his just general target volume in what is admittedly a very very bad offense. I think just if you're buying targets for 18 bucks, he's definitely in play there. So those guys from the mid range, and then there's the crop of uh, $15 T Higgins, $15 Hunter Renfro, and $13 Jarvis Landry before we drop all the way to those. $10 guys. Mm -hmm. I like the whole group. I mean, I think they're all very interesting at the teens in the teens pricing there in that group of Higgins, Renfro and Landry Landry becomes the most interesting because he's the cheapest of the three and he's got the lead. He's got about half the ownership that the other two are tracking. So I just think it makes some sense to go there. We're expecting Baker to play. It's a little bit of a run heavy uh, in terms of our game script adjusted volume. It leans a little bit to the runs 50.4% to 49.6%. So you're buying one of the lesser passing offenses in the game but i just think with you know big playability with uh, in jarvis landry i think it makes sense to grab a few shares here at that cheap price he might not be like a go-to value play for me but as a guy to mix in and get over the field it's easy enough to double up a 4.7 percent ownership play on a guy who's coming up pretty cheap here um, and then similarly, you know, for guys like T Tyler Boyd, guys like T.Y. Hilton, these are just kind of dart throws at value for me, where if I'm double, even triple the 5% uh, ownership share on Tyler Boyd, if I'm double or triple the 2% ownership share on T.Y. Hilton, I'm just booking value. I'm just buying other things in other positions. And if they get me the points that I need to pay those spots off, it's probably going to boost that lineup up nicely. And with a median projection of around 10 points, Tyler Boyd doesn't have to do a whole hell of a lot more than just turn in his median production to deliver value for that salary. So I don't dislike either of those options. They're both certainly capable receivers. You can question maybe the overall volume on Boyd, but 6.1 targets per game, certainly nothing to sneeze at there. 4.7 per game for T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, there's, there's other options in both of those offenses, but it's easy for those guys to pay off those prices. Another guy in a similar at the same price tag, $10, who I think has – Interesting deep playability, 11.33 yards per target on the season, 434 yards and two TDs in a game that we expect to have a decent shootout potential. Brian Edwards on the Vegas side of that Cincinnati Vegas game. So you're buying into the other side of the Boyd and the Higgins plays. Maybe you book two uh, cheap plays from that passing game on both sides, go with two $10 guys from that passing game and then buy whatever the hell else you want in that lineup. I think that's an interesting approach to building for this slate. Should mention too, while we're talking about value receivers, that at the moment, again, everything as we talk about it is subject to change. But one thing 
that we know or, or at least you know su suspect project is going to change at the moment you got Allen robinson who is projected for just south of 10 points 13 dollars, and he's the top value in terms of the bears receivers at 7x 7.2 uh thing is he's doubtful to play so once he winds up not playing what does that do for you in terms of say like a, a darnell mooney you know is, is he going to be someone that really vaults up in terms of the value and the projections and, and rostership here in these lineups. So a little bit, I would love to be getting uh, to Allen Robinson, a healthy Allen Robinson at 13 here, but uh, Allen Robinson healthy probably wouldn't cost 13 in this spot. Yeah. So yeah, it, it would give a little bit of a nudge to, uh, to Daryl Mooney, uh, Darnell Mooney rather $15 though. I don't know how big of a nudge it gives him, right? That that price tag kind of puts him in line with guys where we have a little bit better expectation, a little bit more realistic opportunity of a good offense. Um, you look at the game script adjusted passing percentage, 54.9%. Game script adjusted pace, it's a pace up spot for these Bears, 57.6, leaping all the way to a 64.3 in our game script adjusted pace. So maybe if we see a little bit of increased passing, maybe the volume's there. It would be a play that's on the board for me for sure. He's only at 2.4% ownership right now. Even if that goes up, say it doubles to five, that's easy enough to exceed and easy enough to get to double the shares. So it would put him in the mix with those uh, those guys like Landry, like T. Higgins, who were in the teens as uh, as reasonable mid-range plays. I don't know that we would like vault him to the top of my board by any means. Another guy who's uh, somewhat in that situation, or maybe two guys, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think is also uh, doubtful to play. So I would put Christian Kirk and I would put AJ Green, uh, $16 and $15 respectively, and maybe even Rondell Moore at 14, right into that list of just guys to keep in mind as you're mixing and matching some of those plays. Again, not going to vault those guys to the top of my board, but gives them a little bit of enhanced value in terms of where the mid-range is. So tight ends, let's go there. And because uh, who doesn't like a nice tight end? Travis Kelsey, he's got uh, Dallas on the other side, obviously, for the Chiefs here. You already know what I think of that game. He's $14. He's, he's or $30, $30, pardon me, $14. He'd be 100% owned. $30. He's projected for about 14 points. You have Darren Waller after him, George Kittle, you know, a whole bunch of these guys that were not available last week because they were in prime time. Now back at you on the main slate that uh, you actually have choices to make at tight end. Uh, Waller, 13 points projected, $25. Same 25 for Kittle projected for a dozen points. And then a guy who's going to show up in a lot of lineups just outside the top three here, Mike Gesicki for the Dolphins. Uh, I'm sure you've got your numbers in front of you off those thousand crunches, but uh, he's going to be in there a bunch, I'm sure, projected for 11 points, and he is $19. So barely more than half the price of Kelsey, but I don't know. I mean, I, I still look at Travis Kelsey and say the ceiling is going to be higher than it is. Just depends if you want to pay up here or you want to pay up elsewhere. What's your approach to tight ends? Yeah, it's it's difficult to shy away from getting to those Kelsey shares, right? But I mean, if I'm going to that Chiefs offense and I'm going there in stacks, I certainly want my fair share of Travis Kelsey lineups. I want my fair share of Tyree Kill lineups. But I also want to consider those stacks in terms of how do I get different with these Chiefs builds? How do I book some different looking things in here? So I'm always going to be looking to make some differentiated plays. And then when I'm building other lineups, whether it's building with Dallas on the other side of this one, a lot of people are just going to plug and play Kelsey when they don't play Dalton Schultz at the tight end, when, even when they're building Dallas lineups with Dak on the, at the quarterback spot. So I feel like 
like Kelsey, 21% projected ownership, that probably gets inflated. And it certainly goes up within Dallas builds and within Kansas City builds. So it's a situation where if I'm building other than that game, I'll probably be more inclined to get shares of them into those lineups where maybe I've got a little bit of extra money because I went cheap in, in my quarterback spot, went cheap with some of my other skill players. Now I can afford to get to Kelsey because I'm differentiated in ownership. I've saved the money to be able to do it. So he'll definitely be a big part of my Dallas shares, big part of my KC shares, but I like getting into him in those other builds. Uh, you mentioned Mike Kosicki. I think 19 bucks is definitely cheap for Kosicki. And what I love, 2.8% ownership projection as of my last update here. So definitely not getting the attention that I think he probably should. We talked about the passing projection in that game, 62.6% expected passing volume, a decent pace number in that game. Kosicki getting seven targets a game, turning it into 7.56 uh, yards per target, 529 yards on the season. Nothing to sneeze at there in the tight end spot. And a quarterback that was coming up a decent amount of the time going up against that lowly Jets uh, defense, definitely a spot I want to get to. The Jets' uh, yards per pass attempt, Jets one of the worst in the league, giving up eight yards per pass attempt, also giving up 4.7 yards per rush attempt on the ground. You just look for the Dolphins to kind of roll over this Jets team. So I want shares of Gazicki there. Um, George Kittle, I think, based on talent, in that San Francisco offense, another team that we expect to be one of the best stacks of the week going up against the lowly Jaguars, 7.6 yards per pass attempt for the given up for the Jaguars, 53.3% game script adjusted passing volume for San Francisco. And you look at Kittle, he's one of the star tight ends of the league. You're getting him at a ownership discount. Of, uh, he's basically a third as owned as, as Waller and Kelsey. Are we saying he's a third as talented as those guys? I certainly don't think so. I think the projections agree with that. He's right there in terms of projections. So just based on ownership, I love the idea of getting the Kittle shares and Waller's going to be right there too. I mean, uh, it's, it's saying yes to all four of those tight ends, but I think we can pretty enthusiastically say yes to all four of those guys and just differentiate based on ownership where we get them and how. Your value, obviously, because we had, uh, you know, one end of the heap with the studs that we enjoy talking about. But then you look at value at tight end, some some very different names. You have Ricky Seals-Jones, who is uh, there for Washington, part of the Washington football team, no longer a chief, obviously, projected for about eight points. He's $11, about 7x value after him. A man with fat pockets signed the big, big new deal earlier. Dallas Goddard, about 10 projected points, $14. Dan Arnold who has played for multiple teams this year. Now with Jacksonville, eight projected points, $13. Then Gasicki, you know, comes in with uh, heavy value. And again, you talked about it, not even 3% projected ownership, but you, you know, you run those fantasy crunches and he's going to show up in a lot of your lineups that are at or near the, uh, the optimal, obviously for the value other than obviously Gasicki. Do you like any of those other guys? Do you like Goddard this week? do uh he's in the concussion protocol so we might get news on him uh, i i believe that's correct uh, am i right about that or am i misrepresenting? i i believe i'm correct about that i think i saw a note about it uh, right after the uh contract extension note lucky him nice uh, amount of money there definitely yeah, right. at 14 dollars, assuming he goes i think that's a clear-cut value play he's coming up a decent amount in crunches we've got him projected at 10.2 percent ownership that's easy enough to exceed if you want to exceed it you know go half again on top I think it definitely has a chance of paying off there. Um, you know, it's one of the spots. It's a little bit more tempered in terms of what we expect from the passing game. Only a 51.8 in our game script adjusted passing volume. So not getting the same kind of uh, uh, attention in the passing game as 
like a Gazicki, like a Kelsey, but definitely a talented guy and a main target in that offense. Uh, 4.3 targets per game, turns it into 11 yards per target, uh, 429 yards and two TDs on the season. So definitely a lot to like there. A guy who stands out and another guy who is, uh, I, I think, still questionable as of the last time I checked on him, but he stands out in terms of talent, in terms of uh, wanting to get to this offense. At $20, Dawson Knox only coming up with 1.2% ownership. I expect with more firm news about his status that that number will climb a little bit, but it's a game that we talked about wanting to get to. It's a game we talk about wanting to get to his quarterback, get to some stacks. So where you're not going to, uh, to Diggs, to Beasley, or even in you know lineups where you are and you want to book a second receiver in there, I think it definitely makes sense to offset some ownership with Dawson Knox into uh, Bills stacks. And I wouldn't be hesitant to use him at that price in, in non-Bills builds as well. So just to answer your question, uh, while Goddard is officially listed as questionable, the reports out of uh, Eagles camp here today, uh, as of just last hour or two, is that he is expected to play this weekend. Okay. So, uh, you know, our our projections are what they are, obviously, and we'll see if anything evolves in that end, but uh, he is expected to be out there. So just something to obviously keep an eye on. You never know what the questionable tags. You feel a little bit better when, you know, you get uh, doubtful, obviously. You feel a little bit better about the way that'll swing. So let's go to the DSTs here with about 10 minutes left. And again, any questions people have, shout them out. We'll get to them and uh, hit the like, hit the subscribe button here on the Osmo YouTube page. We greatly appreciate it. Last I checked, we had around 50 or so watching. So uh, we thank you for spending part of your Friday afternoon with us here. Browns DST projected to be the best on the main slate, about eight and a half projected points, $16 going up against a Detroit team that, you know, can't buy a win. They can manage a tie, but the Lions just cannot win a game right now. Titans at about eight points and uh, $20 going up against the lowly Texans, almost as bad as Detroit. And then uh, after that, Panthers with uh, just a fun narrative game. Anyway, you got Cam Newton making his first start back for Carolina. You got Ron Rivera, his longtime coach on the other side for Washington. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have much to do with the DST position unless you believe that Newton's going to be terrible and Washington's going to take advantage, but uh, should be uh, interesting. But it's actually the Panthers that, again, have the higher projection there for just about eight points as well and uh, $16. So, I mean, what's your approach? Is is this a a, a grouping, a, a a situation where you'd want to pay up, or are you more inclined to want to save and and look at? You know, I know the Ravens who come in just below those few that I mentioned are uh, are going to be heavily owned this weekend, or at least showing up uh, in the optimal and and in a lot of those top projected lineups. Is is that something you're more comfortable with? Yeah, I tend to lean a little bit more into the value at defense. Um, I, I don't want to go to a team that's just you know totally unrealistic to put up at least a reasonable score for me. I, I do want to get some points out of my defense. So I land in those cheaper mid-rangey kind of ones. You know, maybe if, if you put like a 50%, maybe they're in the 40s somewhere in terms of their, their overall uh, quality. Um, so yeah, a team like the Ravens at $12 would pop for me, a team, maybe like the Niners, despite uh, expecting some action in that game at $13 would probably pop for me. Uh, definitely getting in, jumping over to the, uh, to the fantasy cruncher board here. Uh, it is, it's, it's the Ravens and the Niners with the Browns in, in between as the top three. So it comes up Ravens, Browns, Niners with the Ravens, basically doubling up the, uh, the Browns ownership. They came up 50, about 50% of the time here. Uh, and the, it makes sense, right? A $12 salary that's a pretty significant savings 
for what is at least a reasonably good defense going up against the Chicago team that uh, you know, we talked about Justin Fields. We talked about the lack of, uh, of overall passing acumen. So I think there's a decent expectation that they, that the Ravens could turn in a, a pretty good game here. Um, so I don't mind going to that team and getting to them fairly heavily, but I don't think I would ever get to them in the 50% range. I tend not to really own defenses more than 15%, 20% on a good week. I like to push them around, distribute it as much as I can. And where I can pay up for a good defense, I will, um, you know, given some money to spend at the end of building a lineup, as long as everything else looks good, I'm happy to do that. So I wouldn't exactly be at like zero shares of some of the better squads, uh, like your, uh, your Arizonas of the world at $20 here. I wouldn't be at big shares of them or the Titans at $20 here. Uh, I wouldn't be at big shares of them, but with nobody in the public on those teams, uh, I definitely think it makes some sense to uh, to pay up as well and just get a little bit of, uh, of differentiation in there. You talked about leaning into the value, and again, that's where the Ravens are at. They're top five in terms of projected points, but they're also the top value option for you. Again, about eight projected points. Coming up second in value, though, at uh, about 6x value, flat minimum $10, about six projected points. It's the Chiefs DST. I realize they are the cheapest, but I just, the way I believe this game is going to go, I wouldn't want any part of Kansas City or what I consider to be an even better defense than the other side in Dallas. So I'm, I'm with you most of the way on that. I, I don't think it's a team I would get to a lot, but that $10 price tag is appealing. Right. When you're putting that next to a lot of similarly projected teams and when we think of it, all right, this game's going to be very, very pass happy. These are going to be two teams slinging the ball back and forth. Maybe we get a little bit of sloppy football in here. And all we really need for that to pay off at a $10 price tag is a pick and, you know, a couple of sacks. All we would really be hoping for is a pick and a pick six, of course. That would be gold at a $10 price. If you get that, that's a smash. Um, you get a pick and a few sacks and maybe the points don't matter as much. I can see it, but I don't think it really gets there for us. Like we need to, to deliver a little bit more value than that. So you're shooting for the pick six there. I understand it from a salary perspective, but that's kind of the ones that I'm, that I'm leaning away from more when I said, I want it to be at least a realistic expectation. I don't want to just totally throw that dart, but at $10, I can throw a few of them and, and get away with it. Only 3.4% ownership. If I'm at eight to 10% on it, it's not the end of the world. So optimal lineup here. I'm not going to recite it because I want people to actually be inclined to, you know, pay for a subscription and look at all the tools and take advantage of the stuff themselves. What I will tell you, what we've been telling you over the course of the last almost an hour is some of the popular plays that show up in the optimal right now. Patrick Mahomes is in there. Miles Gaskin, who we really haven't talked about at all, is projected to be uh, very highly owned. Obviously, A.J. Dillon is there. Dalvin Cook, who we didn't spend a ton of time on, is uh, projected to be very popular as well. And other than that, you know, you get players, units that are in, in the teens, even below. There's some good value in there as well. But, you know, in terms of these chalky plays ownership-wise, do you agree with these? Is there someone that that you expect as, as the weekend goes on is going to get chalkier based on guys getting ruled out and that type of thing. I tell you what, I, I agree with, uh, with most of what you read off there. We're getting some very obvious value plays in the running back positions with, with Dylan, especially, but also with Michael Carter, I expect he's going to get a lot of uh, attention as we get into the weekend, the ownership's already there, but I think the price is right on Yahoo. So it's going to drive a lot of that. I expect we'll get some attention around uh, AJ Brown with the $23 price tag. Debo seems to be landing in just a ton of lineups just because of that aggressive projection that we've got on him. And the fact that he's a couple of bucks less expensive than the other guys. 
if I'm taking somebody off the board out of those guys who are coming up significantly in the optimal lineups, have a high projection, or coming up in uh, a lot of our more highly ranked uh, stack plays. I think Debo is that guy just as an individual. I'm not going to take the Niners stack off the board, but if I'm pulling one guy's ownership shares down across everything else that I'm doing, it might be Debo there. It's just an offense that I don't necessarily trust as much, a receiver I don't necessarily trust as much. Um, and, and that's partly just, you know, bad form bias on my part. Um, but that's the answer to your question. Uh, who, would, who would I be maybe shaving off a little bit there? I'd just be more happy to get to shares of guys that are more star caliber players that I trust a little bit more in like the Tyreek kills the uh, Devontae Adamses of the world. Kind of an easy cop out of an answer there. Go to superstar players, but it kind of holds up here. Um, when I just ran the optimal with the rules that I have baked in here, where we're uh, forcing stacks, we're forcing a run back here. It actually came up with Tua in the optimal on this one. So mm. it's, a, it's a Tua Jalen Waddle stack here with uh, looks like Michael Carter coming back, some AJ Dillon, a lot of the guys I just talked about and, uh, and a Ravens defense play. So an interesting looking little lineup here. I just looked at projected ownership on Yahoo for the weekend as things stand right now. The top seven players, all running backs, all running backs in terms of projected ownership and all north of uh, 23% as well. DeAndre Swift in that mix. We've spent basically uh, no time on him as well. So it's it's interesting. Um, one question that we have here just coming in from our pal must be says, uh, how do you feel about a Dallas stack? We've been talking about the potential here in this game for a lot of points, Casey and Dallas. What do you think about a Cowboys stack? Oh, absolutely. They're one of the more highly ranked teams on our board on every site. Um, sitting in, looks like, sixth place on the board in terms of probability of being the top stack in our top stacks tool and getting positive leverage. They're only getting, we go by quarterback ownership on here, so they're getting less than 5% quarterback ownership, and they're getting a 5.2% probability of being the top stack, leaving them with one of the healthier leverage scores on the board in terms of the top, uh, let's call it the top 10 teams here. That's a focus for me. If I see a team like that, that's on the other side of the by far highest total game on the board, a game that everybody's going to be going to, a game that everybody's going to have pieces of in uh, in different spots. If I can go to an under part of it, on the other side of it or within the offense that everyone is stacking, I'm always going to look for those under-owned uh, plays within that game. So definitely fire up the Dallas stacks. And it's not like we're doing it with a bad offense. We're doing it with an offense with a dynamic running back, two great receivers and a very good quarterback. So I love that spot. You know, it's not like you're asking, uh, you know, uh, Goff to do something for you in, uh, in that miserable Detroit's offense. I know he's probably not going to play this week, but just that was the example that popped into mind. But yeah, anytime I can make that pivot and get to what I think is a very, very good offense at an under own spot happy to do it terry was already on talking nfl a little bit earlier on today second show of the day for him i, I think i hope you're done at this point do you get to relax a little bit for your rest of your friday uh, a little bit of downtime and then i'm going to uh, get into writing all this up in the group's article so that comes out overnight so at some point between now and let's say midnight or so i'll uh, i'll get that done but a little bit of downtime for now so we got some shows coming up here, as we always do the rest of the uh, day here on the Osmo YouTube channel. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, you got Vanek and Kajeski coming up, uh, talking a little bit uh, uh, prize picks, college football, leading you into Saturday, obviously, NBA deeper dive, 445. It'll be Laffy and Bearded Adam with you. And then, of course, NBA Live before lock, it will be Josh and Emac. Emac coming in. So uh, get your Emac 2020, uh, 2024, you know, presidential gear out there in the osmo shop we encourage that you uh that you know it's it's the best way to 
to celebrate all of us is by you know voting for emac that's you know it's, that's the best way that you can thank everybody for Absolutely. being part of this thing if you live out in iowa we need you to fire up those t-shirts early i mean come on we're almost that's in campaign right. season <laughs> beautiful thanks to our guy tyler producing terry uh, i mean who says a patriots fan a giants fan can't get along right hey i got super bowls on my side i love hanging <laughs> out with you buddy what do you <laughs> all right we were getting along now we're gonna go we're gonna end it thanks uh for hanging out with us enjoy the weekend i think linquist is back next week but honestly who knows with this guy we thank you for being with us we'll uh talk to you again thanksgiving week uh, at least that's when i'll be back with you plenty of content coming your way long before that as well good luck tonight and into the weekend we'll see you guys